You're listening to Sibling Talk, commentary from a progressive point of view. Now here are your hosts, John Paulette and Mary Jo Tumer. Hello, I'm John Paulette. And I'm Mary Jo Tumer. Mary, you know, you and I have been away a little bit. Uh, frankly, we've both been ill, which is not very good. You were like officially ill, right? You got tested. <laughs> I and came everything. back from Europe and promptly tested positive for COVID. Yeah. And you weren't and feeling so good. I wasn't. I was pretty under the weather, but I also was interested by how many cases of COVID I've heard about. Yeah, I know. Now, many of those were connected to people who had flown or flown back from Europe, particularly. So um, it's in the air. And I had just been vaccinated before I left. So it wasn't well, like I wasn't responsible. Do you think maybe you caught it from European socialists? I, I think I probably did because they would be very COVID-like, I'm sure. A- absolutely. <laughs> and I had... Some other just really distasteful days that I will not even describe on, <laughs> well, go on, ahead, go on the radio because they were nasty. But uh, what really struck me is while you and I, you know, were kind of taken uh, off the uh, off the field with uh, our sicknesses, man, did the country go to poop? Holy John, cow. What, was, what was awesome about having COVID, though? Is I listened to almost every minute of that debate on the House floor about getting rid of Kevin McCarthy, which I otherwise would never have had the time to do. So that was um, that was one blessing from COVID. But w- listening to it was, um, gosh, I don't even know. I, I was trying not to enjoy it, not to have a little case of Schadenfreude. But um, it was distasteful and worrisome about the state of the Republican Party. And as a result, the state of the union, because they're 50 percent of what's um, how the whole thing works. And they're just a mess, aren't they? Well, they are. And I mean, we have really looming problems here in Less than 45 days, I've lost count of it, but whatever, 35, 40 days, uh, the continuing resolution to fund the government will expire. It, I mean, it was incredible that it was passed whenever that was, two weeks ago, I guess. And in fact, it, it caused the downfall of, uh, of McCarthy. But when I look at uh, the players right now and think about them, trying to come up with a solution to fund the government uh, going forward doesn't look good. And I'm going to add together with that, uh, you know, one of the things that the Democrats agreed to uh, to get the Republicans on board was that we wouldn't put the Ukraine uh, funding into that. Looking back, that does not seem like a great decision uh, to me because that becomes a bad decision. And I'm going to lump on top of that. Uh, We have, you know, we've been saying for a couple of years, we have a growing crisis on the border. Uh, But you know what? We do. And uh, the city of Chicago now, even Governor Pritzker, who's a close ally of uh, of Biden, and just a pointed letter, we 
are getting huge numbers of uh, primarily, if I understand it right, Venezuelan refugees uh, here in Chicago. They have a big group of them living at O'Hare Airport. They're living at police stations. We're being over overwhelmed. Uh, and I don't want to cry this the way the Republicans cry it. But the fact is, immigration and border and everything like that is something we have to do. So, I mean, there are many, many more things. But you put funding the government uh, together with Ukraine and border and immigration and add that to a totally dysfunctional House of Representatives, we're in trouble. Yeah, you know, it's been, it's been an interesting part of the discussion, and it's a, it's a conversation you and I have had for longer than we've been doing this podcast, is one of the fundamental differences between the Republican and Democratic Party is that the Republicans do not believe in the, um, the power of government to work, to change lives, to do things. It's part of their DNA. And... Whereas, you know, the Democrats sometimes wrong-headed too think government can do everything. So, you know, if there's a Democrats think the government can do anything, Republicans think the Democrats can do nothing. But it has been their project really since Ronald Reagan to convince the Americans that government is the enemy, not the solution. And if that's what you believe, you operate there, and that becomes the self-fulfilling prophecy. So I think for the Matt Gates wing, that it's not even a wing, it's like a feather, those eight people, whatever it was, they don't, they don't care if the government is funded because they don't believe the government is the solution to anything. And they're so narrow and so performative that they're not looking at what government really does do and what it can fix. So the two issues you address, Ukraine and government is a national, only government can do national security in the military. Only the U.S. government can give money to uh, or arms to Ukraine and the border. Only the U.S. government can manage that. So the things, the one thing they really do care about, which is border security they have to fund the government to do, and they have to govern, meaning get together, compromise, come up with some resolutions to the immigration issues and the national security issues to solve the border crisis. I do believe that the Biden administration has mishandled, you know, they, they learned the wrong um, lessons from the Trump administration and how they treated immigration. And they're so concerned about the political correctness of not seeming anti-immigrant that they have let the thing get out of control. I do believe that. And I think, I think many people do. And now that it's hitting northern cities, even liberals are starting to believe it. So to that extent, governor of Texas and Ron DeSantis a little bit had it right. You know, like you want to be sanctuary cities and you want to let all these people in. Okay. We're going to put them on buses and send them to you, which is what's happening to Chicago. Yeah. Right? They're coming yeah, exactly. from Texas, these <clears throat> folks. And um, so anyway, all that being said is there are problems that need the government to solve them and the Republicans, and they're still in control of the, the 
uh, House of Representatives don't believe that government is the solution. So we come, I think it's November 15th, when we have a government shutdown, regardless of who ends up being the um, Speaker of the House, I think it's inevitable. We're going to see again the consequences. The problem, John, just to finish the thought is, Today, we got really, really good jobs numbers. So the, regardless of what people think, the economy is quite strong and, rec- and recovering after COVID. And rather than the Republicans and Democrats working together to make sure that goes on and, and helps people and makes people's lives better, the Republicans have a very strong incentive to mess that up. And I think that they probably are working to do that. Well, I think they absolutely are. And, you know, to add something to all of this mess, I now I'm going to forget whether it was the Times or the Post reporting. I think the Times, that behind all of this, uh, fanning the flames, you know, giving the energy, has been Steve Bannon, who has just been on this thing. And you remember, go back, this was the beginning of the Trump administration, Bannon said out loud, our mission here is to destroy the workings of the government, get rid of the bureaucracy. I mean, he is the crazy extension of Ronald Reagan. Uh, government is not the solution. Government's the, the problem. Uh, it was so funny. This just was in my mind. A little clip came up on the Internet of Archie Bunker and Edith uh, uh, singing the beginning of their theme song when they sing, uh, we could use a man like Hoybert Hoover again, you know? Yeah. And Hoybert Hoover was, of course, the guy who sat and didn't believe he could do anything as the Depression got out of control. But that's what they look back on, isn't it? And so we have to understand that it's not just that they think, oh, no, we might have a government shutdown. For some of them, they think this is the best thing that could happen. We will shut it down and show the American people we can live without the government. Honestly, I really believe that. And, you know, because of some of the things that were on the table in this last shutdown negotiations, Many people and politicians who should know better are under the misimpression that cutting money for food stamps, for WIC, you know, for Head Start is going to solve the problem. None of that solves the problem. If the problem is the debt and the deficit, which I think many Americans are concerned about, you have to go to the heart of where that money is at. And one of them is entitlement programs. And first of all, nobody wants to take money away from grandma, but a lot of people who get Social Security are not poor. And so they don't see that as something that can be touched. Medicare, right? You can cut Medicaid, but you can't cut Medicare. Well, I understand that. I'm on Medicare. I don't want to not have health benefits. It's the way the system works. You know, the, the Ukraine thing, it's just teeny, teeny part of the military budget. So you can cut that Ukraine aid. It's not even making a dent. So it's not like we're having a really honest discussion. This, the, the budget is not about socialism and protecting poor people. The budget is about keeping the mechanism of government going 
which we all do on some level agree that those programs are important. Another thing, John, that I've been thinking a lot about how we got here, and I think part of it is the fault of, you know, what we've been talking about, the Republicans, like no government is good government, is that all of our leaders for the last, let's just even say since World War II, um, or maybe, you know, the 60s, have done so much damage to the institutions that we as a people do not trust any of these institutions. Whether you look at um, lying to get us into and keep us in the Vietnam War, or Watergate, or even the, you know, or lying us into the Iraq War, you know, the, the corruption, whatever it is, it just gets everybody, even people who believe in the projects of government, to say, you know, they're all just a bunch of lying, cheating people. So I think we think, like, how can people think that Biden is so corrupt? Well, you know, everybody's been corrupt. So why wouldn't he be? And he's been in government all his life. So that's like a whole other topic. But it is something that I think plays into the cynicism. And the cynicism, which is what's allowing us to go, oh, well, there's nothing that can be done. The Republicans are idiots. Um, and let's just blame the Democrats. It's the other thing that's been super crazy this week, isn't it? It's like, yeah. no, you know, the Republicans are idiots and they're not going to fix anything. So those dumb Democrats, they're going to fix it for us. They're going to save the democracy. Um, they're going to make sure that you know, little in, women, infant and children get benefits, and they're going to save Kevin McCarthy's jobs. All done. <laughs> Absolutely. And it, I mean, you talk about how we got here. I, I was last night at the theater, was talking to some people really right afterwards, and one fellow about my age, he kind of moaned in a way you hear a lot. He said, how did we get here all of a sudden? I know he said just exactly that. I wanted to say to him, but I didn't uh, write at the point. It is not all of a sudden. We have been taking step by step. And even if we only focus on the House of Representatives, I, I would recommend, I think you would as well, because you recommended it to me, for anybody to listen to Steve Kornacki's uh, podcast series uh, about Newt, Newt Gingrich. I, I don't remember the name. I thought it was like Rising or something. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, Something like that. And, you know, Kornacki, I think, correctly roots this kind of fierce division, uh, this hatefulness that's uh, going on, that come, not to a climax, but maybe it showed itself uh, so clearly the other day when right away after McCarthy is deposed, the temporary uh, Speaker of the House, even though he knows that Nancy Pelosi is in California, Dianne Feinstein's uh, funeral, kicks her out of her kind of special office. Okay, he can do that and says she has to have her stuff out by, by Wednesday. It was just mean. Yeah. It was just mean. And when you ask the... Uh, Republicans about it. They said, well, yeah, but Nancy said she would stand up for, for Kevin. She told him that, and she didn't. 
She was in California at her closest friend's funeral, for God's sake. Now, it was retribution from the party headed by the man who says, I will be your retribution. Yeah, I mean, that. I, I do recommend that Kornaki podcast to everybody. And it does see some of the roots of what we're having. And the other, which has been interesting, is the Tea Party. Because since the Tea Party, which is, you know, really post-Obama's election and then the Affordable Care Act, no Speaker of the House, Republican Speaker of the House, has been able to successfully control that caucus because you have these really, really right-leaning, um, more than leaning, <laughs> uh, members who want to burn the whole place down. So they chased Boehner out, they chased Ryan out, and now they've chased McCarthy out. And I, what I don't understand is why anyone would want that job. That's the first thing. And some people have said, well, the, Repu the Democrats should have saved McCarthy because who's, who's coming along could be worse. And I think to myself, worse in what way? Yeah. Because it's McCarthy was so beholden to Gates and company that he was as radical as anybody you could bring in. He was just more affable. That's all. He absolutely was. And when there was the talk about saving McCarthy, the image in my mind was him a couple days after January 6th standing next to Donald Trump in Mar-a-Lago grinning. And I thought, no, pal, no. Right. Uh, and I think uh, that the Democrats cannot forgive him for that. They will no. not. They cannot. And, you know, credit to Hakeem Jeffries for keeping his caucus together. Ab absolutely. Very, un very undemocratic of him. It is so good to be healthy again. Yes, it certainly is. <laughs> All right. Talk <laughs> to you soon. Bye. Sibling Talk is a JMP production. Theme song by David Paulette.